Hey everybody, welcome to Workforce Gaming. I am Brad, here with Doug. Hi. Today we are both finished mm -hmm. with Spider-Man for the PS4, and we are going to get into all of the spoilers, story, how this fits with other Spider-Man stuff, the crazy mm -hmm. amazing extra stuff that's in this game. Uh, so this is your warning if you do not want Spider-Man spoiled for you, which you shouldn't because for being a superhero story, it actually has some really cool stuff that I think does get taken away if you know about it beforehand. Now's your time to stop and go listen to our normal review of Spider-Man, which is probably two videos before this. So you can go check that out <laughs> yep. and there's no spoilers there, but we're going to talk about Spider-Man. So mm -hmm. I guess to get us started, you don't like Spider-Man and I had to convince you to buy this. Yeah, I don't like, uh, oh, sorry, when I say I don't like Spider-Man, I just don't like Spider-Man mythos. The game, and I think that was actually my major issue with the game, is the more and more I think about the game, I think my issues were primarily with the Spider-Man mythos, which we can definitely get into a little bit more. Um, I I just, I really like, honestly, like the real reason of this is because there, when I was a kid, there was two cartoons. There was the Batman animated series and the Spider-Man animated series, yep. and the Batman animated series was way better. <laughs> yes, it was, but the Spider-Man was still pretty damn good. Yeah, but it was just like, I just didn't, I was not a fan. I, <laughs> I turned it off. Like, to me, it was like a boring show as a kid. Um, so, I didn't, so I didn't have, like, that immediate, like, reference for these characters. Like, I did in Arkham. Like, the Arkham games to me are, like, insane. Like, I, like thinking back on them now as I was playing this, like, wow, those games were absolutely just incredible because I love all that Batman stuff. Um, so I think a lot of the interesting little Spider-Man nuggets... Like, I knew what they were, but they didn't have that that immediate, like, nostalgia oh, okay. aspect to them, and I immediately loved them because of it. So I think I have, a, I think I have like, a slightly different perspective on it just because of that. I think that it's a good sense. game, but I think that I can see the flaws a little bit more because I didn't just immediately enjoy it for being Spider-Man. Like, with, with Arkham, like, I'll defend Arkham Knight till like, the day I die, even though I understand it has a lot of flaws. <laughs> anyway, getting away from Batman... Just getting into the general plot of this. So this game was marketed mm -hmm. as a weird Mr. Negative story, which I feel like was almost to the game's detriment before the mark, like during the marketing campaign, because there was always yeah. kind of this lingering thing of like, really, we're getting a kick-ass Spider-Man game and we're going with Mr. Negative of all people. But uh, Mr. Mm -hmm. Negative is a character that I was not overly familiar with. I knew very, very little, if nothing about outside of his name prior to doing that, prior to playing yeah. this game. Um, but the way that worked with Peter Parker's character here, I thought went really, really well with kind of being the typical Spider-Man villain where he is really close to Peter, but yeah. Spider-Man needs to go fight him. And just that slow discovery of like this nice, this nice dude who's just running this homeless shelter is secretly this conniving evil man who's doing all these things around the city. I thought was a great way to just mm -hmm. slowly get you into the Spider-Man universe before you get to the big, all right, let's get Doc Ock. Yeah. I, I I think the thing about Martin Lee that was kind of surprising of is because I think they did ruin it in the advertising. So like you're the entire time I was playing, I was like, okay, when's he gonna be a bad guy? And he doesn't become a bad guy until way late in the game. The one thing I did not expect was to really like Martin Lee as a yeah. character. Like he's a good guy. Like he's he, taking care of Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is like his like evil diabolical side is kind of shown as like an alternate person, like kind of like two face sort of thing. Yes. Or, I'm gonna keep her um, so like he actually is a genuinely bad guy, except this part of him that is absolutely maniacally evil, but they are like sort of two separate parts. So when he's talking to Martin Lee, the good guy, he is talking to essentially a different person than Martin Lee, the bad guy. Um, and I really, really like they made Martin Lee super, super likable, even knowing that he was eventually going to be the, the bad guy. Um, yeah. 
I, um, I don't, I, I don't, maybe this is like moving a little bit too far ahead. I think his turn though was a little too brutal, if that makes sense. How so? Uh, like he commits like a legit terrorist attack. Yeah. <laughs> With like suicide bombers and everything. I'm like, huh. <laughs> like kind of, it kind of gets out of the realm of like comic bookiness to me. That's like, oh, that's like actually kind of fucked up. <laughs> but I think that's one of those things where the time and place we are now, I feel like that's where a lot of these superhero stories, if you look at like MCU stories yeah. and you look like, the, look at those kind of things, the more grounded ones that tends to be the direction I feel like they go in. Um, is that it is more this terrorist act more so than like, obviously not quite as relevant now after infinity war just came out the big, like, Oh, big alien from space coming to kill everyone. It is much more grounded. And I feel like that scene kind of helped it. It helped really, I think set the tone of like, this shit's real. This isn't, this isn't this sci-fi crazy Spider-Man story. It's, no, 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 no. We're going to put you through some trauma. And I think that was the moment where I went, okay, this game is more than just a fun, a I'm one. swinging around the city superhero game. This is the, yeah. that was the moment in my mind where this game went from being just fun to, okay, some shit's going to happen. And yeah. Spider-Man and Peter Parker are going to need to deal with this on a personal level and on a superhero level. And I do agree that that scene does seem to kind of come out of nowhere, especially where it's placed in the plot. But I do think it has this great moment of like tonal shift for the game of like, okay, we're serious now. You had your fun. But that's the thing though. Like, is that a, I don't, because I don't know Spider-Man. Is that appropriate for Spider-Man? Because to me, it's different between Spider-Man fighting bad guys versus Spider-Man fighting now terrorists. And that's, and that was the weird balance. I felt like the game was trying to meet like throughout was, is he fighting cartoon villains, which he sometimes is, or is he fighting like legitimate terrorists? Like I just don't know if that's like a general Spider-Man thing, or is that just like you're saying? That's just kind of how comic book movies and things are these days. I I, I say I'm not super well versed in like Spider-Man history, but I feel like that's more of just a modern a modern superhero thing. Is that you do get mm-hmm. you get your super serious set piece moment of like this has real impact on real people, and yeah. then you're fighting the dude in the bird suit. Like I just feel yeah, like that's that's, that's, mo- that's, exactly. that's modern comic books right now. I feel like. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, I just, I think, I think that was a good shift for the game and I think it leads well into some of the second half where you are fighting Doc Ock and kind of this makeshift Sinister Six more or less of, okay, there was this big, huge moment and now I'm really invested in the city and I'm really investing in protecting these people and making sure that things are going well. And I think that lends a little bit more weight as you're seeing kind of the city be torn apart by the different villains. And as you have to go around, you have to go fight Vulture and Shocker and eventually Doc Ock. I think it lends a little bit more weight to those fights afterwards. Because I think up to that point, there really isn't many boss fights in the game. No, I think the Shocker and Fisk are probably the only big ones before that point, yeah. And then after that, you start getting into all of the ones. And I think that just... I think that was their way of going, okay, these fights have more weight now. These fights are more important because you know the damage these people are trying to do. That's actually a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, I think the one thing, I think talking about the second story arc, I think it's I think it's bad to start with like when Doc Ock turns into the bad guy. I kind of want to start talking about way before that, which mm-hmm. just Doc Ock is a, is a character and is, is part of the plot at all because I had no idea. I didn't know. I I'm so glad that was say that was like that was I was was not yeah. spoiling that that like Doc Ock is like the way they implement him is so good. Um and and let's pause for a second because you specifically said to me, 
I would love this game if Doc Ock was just the bad guy. I don't know why they didn't just make Doc Ock the bad guy. Doc Ock's the good Spider-Man villain. And the whole time I'm sitting there going like, you should really play Spider-Man. I think you would like it. Because it is. It's hidden completely. I mean, the first yeah. time you run into just Otto Octavius, you bump in here and you're like, oh, okay. All right. That's a cool connection. This is going to be. So Spider-Man 2's when we're getting Doc Ock. Doc awesome. Ock. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, um, just that connection to begin with is good there. So go for it. I kind of interrupted you there. Oh, no, 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 you're fine. No, ex- exactly. I, I think, I think it's a good thing that they kept him hidden for such a long time. Cause he is such a critical Batman, uh, not Batman. I keep thinking <laughs> he's such a critical Spider-Man villain. And it's interesting that he doesn't come to the story until eight years later. Like that's kind of an interesting, just mythos thing. That I didn't even think about that. Um, the one thing I really did like about doc Ock, it's the same thing they do with Martin Lee is like, damn it. He's really likable. <laughs> yeah he's just your friendly your, he's your mentor he's just there helping you out and it's like you can see this kind of connection between the two of them where like peter's like i have no money to pay my rent but man i still want to help you doc like i still want to be like oh i still want to work for you i know you can't pay me but yeah. we're doing great things and like we're, we're really going to help people and i think again the same thing with martin lee where martin lee has that relationship with aunt may and you're yeah. seeing it from an outside perspective in the first Good half point. of like man this guy's helping aunt may and the second act, you're going like, this guy helped me. This was my Martin Lee. This was the guy I looked up to. This is the guy who's doing the things that I look at and go, I want to be that person. And That's then there's really, a huge yeah. shift. You know what's really interesting, actually, on that point, is that he sees Martin Lee as being the bad guy, but he never sees Doc Ock as being the bad guy. Yeah. He, he, he has that perspective of seeing like, oh, no, Aunt May is working with this guy. And it's funny, throughout the entire game, anytime Doc Ock has some like issue going on, he kind of ignores it. Like, it's mm-hmm. this thing, because he's so focused on this thing, protecting Aunt May, that he's ignoring, it's like the hypocrisy of Spider-Man, is that he's ignoring his own issues. Yeah. Um, which is which is really cool. Um, I did like his, like, slow descent into insanity and how he became kind of more unlikable. I think, again, um, one of the reasons I want to go back to the beginning, I think his turn is too hard. It it doesn't, I think his, I think his turn doesn't make sense from him being kind of a crazy person who hates Osborne to then again becoming a terrorist <laughs> like they like, the, yeah. they like, they like you know and it's like it, it, to me that turn didn't quite make sense and it was cool like leading up like you're seeing him become doc ock which was which is cool i just didn't see him becoming a guy who would release a dangerous pathogen in new york city to kill like a million people you know what i mean yeah and there's you, you hit the gas too fast you're slowly building yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like whoa okay here we are and i feel yeah. like i feel like part of that is is they wanted to do a slow build with Doc Ock. And then they got to the point where it was almost like, okay, we went too slow with this. He needs to be hardcore evil now. True. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. and I think that, that that's where that hard acceleration comes from is because we were so careful and slow. We wanted to tease this. We wanted to ease this into you. We wanted to like slowly, yeah. we wanted to make you love this character and then make the flip him on you. And because I think almost because you care about him so much and because of the relationship you see, that flip is always going to be a little bit more than what you want because you care about him so much before then. But I do feel like you needed to kind of go a step or two above that. Like, okay, he does something to just an Oscorp facility. And then we slowly move in and in and into the point where it's like, no, screw this city. We're all done. I, I think I think maybe actually thinking on that point, I think maybe he does something reprehensible. That yeah. like you can maybe you can maybe forgive an attack on Oscorp because Oscorp's not really a great guy and they've got some shady stuff. But I think it is interesting he does something immediately reprehensible. Um, I think one of the other issues I had with the story, um, kind of going not that story. I think I think from that point forward is actually um, pr- 
pretty interesting because I think you're absolutely right that they make you love the city and the characters before the villains actually start attacking it, so you actually care. Mm-hmm. Um, I really did. I really did like that. Um, I think the the one thing that like because they were so careful the Doc Ock thing, it was weird that suddenly like, he's a terrorist. By the way, he's also been making super suits for all the bad guys in the same time period, and then he's also breaking them out of the rift, and he's making super robot arms, and he's doing this, and I was like. Uh, like it feels like this is like two games worth of stuff <laughs> that's going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, and I felt yeah the, the rift the rift the rift breakout happens a lot later than I was expecting. Yeah, I think that that's that's close to like two thirds, three quarters of the way through. I mean, you don't get to that until way later. I was expecting that. I wasn't expecting it up front, but I was expecting like okay, we dealt with Mister Negative. Like that was Mister Negative's like first act. Is like I'm gonna get everybody else out. Yeah. And that, that was what I was anticipating. It's like, oh, I dealt with Mr. Negative for a second. He comes back and takes them all out in the first half, and I, or in, you know maybe the first quarter, first half. And I think that's, again, where this game is great at surprises. Nothing yeah. about this game is something I was able to predict. There was very little I could have said. When I, I went that. in, I feel like I'm going to have a great Doc Ock story. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm going to be really connected to Mr. Negative. And, you know, and I feel like Miles Morales is going to show up as Spider-Man at the end. None of those things I would have called in this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, for sure. I, I definitely I definitely don't disagree with that. I think um, I, maybe we should, like, start moving towards the finale. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't want to do this. With, um, no, yeah. Start moving. Go for the it. Finale, I think the final showdown with Doc Ock emotionally is insanely well-written and just such a cool yep. idea. Everything um, about that just knocks this game up to 11 the last 15 minutes of this game just it's it's rare that i feel like the final boss fight is one of my absolute favorites i feel like you always get a weird one in the middle where it's like that was way more fun than the final one the final one was great it was but this one Mm. it's the final boss fight is the most fun it is the most like emotionally connecting thing in this and just the way that that final building scene goes when you're on the side of the building is just yeah. so crazy. Everything about that is everything I could have ever dreamed about having in a Doc Ock Spider-Man fight. Yeah, I, I think I think to me, I think to me, the fight itself wasn't. Um, I mean, I, I think it's a good fight. To me, it didn't have that um, that impact. I think as, as some final bosses might have for me personally, because I, again, I didn't have a history with these characters. I thought it was an interesting fight. The part that hit me like a freaking brick was the you knew scene. Where he had, where Doc Ock had known that he was Peter Parker, like Spider-Man was Peter oh, Parker yeah. the entire time. Because it was funny because early in the game, he's like, oh yeah, no, I'm making Spider-Man's gadgets. And I was like, Doc Ock is not that stupid to think, like, <laughs> he's not, he's not that stupid. Um, and I felt like that was such a great, like, emotional, like, gut punch. Like, to mm-hmm. me, that was the finale. The finale of the game is him finding out that not only did Doc Ock, Doc Ock knew that he was, like, Peter Parker the entire time. And I was just like that changes a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah, because it changes the entire first 80% of that game where you're getting this build to Doc Ock of like, oh man, like you're so close. Like, why don't you tell him? Like, clearly he's a cool guy. Like, you've got this really different relationship than you see a lot of other times. And it's like the whole time is like, you're playing me this whole game. This whole game, you knew it was up. Especially with the rift, the whole, the whole, to me, that immediate, that that whole rift breakout scene completely changes. Because he was breaking yeah. out Spider-Man's greatest villains, knowing he was trying to kill Peter Parker. Exactly. Like, Oof. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. I like that part of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we keep talking about the Rift. The other thing this game has is I love Uncharted, and this has like there aren't many of them, but some Uncharted mm-hmm. level set pieces where you're yeah. just like, this is a crazy scene. Oh my gosh! And the Rift, mm-hmm. I think the 
you keep saying the rift, but it's the raft. Um, raft, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Sorry. raft breakout scene, I think, just flying around there was just so cool seeing these these different villains and chasing them down and kind of having them all be around there and just not really sure what's going on. And again, especially um, having the connection to the police that you have in this, where the police are actually friendly to you, where I feel like yeah. in a lot of these games, yeah. the police are also kind of not necessarily your enemy, but they're an antagonist. Whereas here, it's like, okay, some of them don't like me, but in general, like, I'm trying to help them out. And it is just this really cool thing flying around there. One yeah. of the ones I do want to focus on, and I actually, I got to the part, I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be this is the set piece they showed off originally in the construction site. That That is the best part of the game, I think. That it is. Part. And <laughs> I remember watching that a year or two ago and looking at it and going, that is everything I want from this game, and I yeah. can't believe they ruined it. Because I'm going to get to this part, <laughs> and I'm going to know exactly what happens. And I watched that trailer you know, half a dozen, a dozen times, yeah. and I got to that part, and I was blown away at how cool yeah. that was to actually do it. Even though yeah. you get the whole, like, oh, it's a lot of quick time events, oh, da, 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 da. just going through that set piece was incredible. I think that I think that whole scene, like, leading up to it, too, where you're actually going up the tower yeah. and going to the different groups, to me, that was, that was I think, I'm not, I think the only time in the game where all of the mechanics just gelled perfectly. Yeah. Because you're moving, like, up farther and farther up the tower, you're fighting the guys, you're having a little combat, you can go out the window and come back, and you're just kind of going up and up and up the tower, so you're doing your swinging to get up there, and you're doing your combat and doing this. And the whole thing is so satisfying. And then I think does that is that the one that concludes that concludes with the the helicopter taking off, yep. and then you chasing the helicopter and yeah. then like the crane. I I don't know. I feel like I honestly feel like that scene was like something they try to perfect, like because it was shown off a lot. Yeah. But to me, that's like clearly the best part of the entire game. It's just that whole twenty minute sequence of like all of the gameplay mechanics, all of the story mechanics, just working perfectly. hundred percent. Like, so good I, I think i think it's just good i think it, i think it was neat because i think one of the issues i had with the game personally is i didn't like the com the general combat of the of the game when you were when it wasn't purposely set up like the like the random stuff that was going on when there wasn't like clearly this is lamppost you're supposed to on like clearly this is the part you're supposed to go to i like those levels where it's like they had set up everything very nice and neat the yeah. more randomized just getting into the fighting part wasn't super fun to me um but I think that one, because it has everything all set up, it has all that stuff. It just it works so well. Oh man, it's I if the whole next game is that, I'd be okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I I, I kind of want to talk about my favorite set piece for a quick second is the Grand Central Station as Mary Jane. Yeah, um, and and the Mary Jane thing. I know that is a lot of people's complaints with this, but there are one or two parts where it stands out as just being super cool, and yeah. that that scene in particular is just awesome and the way that whole thing is laid out as you go from room to room as you're directing spider-man is crazy i think it's the i think it's the only time you get to see a superhero be a superhero and you're not the superhero yeah like that that observation of spider-man doing stuff to me is super cool they do it a little bit they do it a little a few other places with like miles um when he's like being chased by rhino is another yep. one i like just, i like watching superheroes and supervillains just like smash shit as a person who's helpless in the situation I, it's just mm -hmm. a, it's a cool perspective that you don't normally see, and that is like just that the entire time. Um, so I really love that scene. I think I think all of Miles' scenes were pretty weak, though. That for whatever reason they just weren't as story plot wise. I think except of course like the the one with his dad, like that whole like terrorist scene was pretty good. But I think the Mary Jane ones were just like better written. Like it was kind of cool like being Mary Jane and she's sneaking into a building and like kind of lying to people, or she's in the Grand Central Station trying to save people and stuff. I I don't know. I felt like her scenes were really but actually pretty cool. 
I think the Grand Central Station is like my favorite, probably one of my favorite set pieces in that game. Yeah, and that's and it's for sure one that stands out. And like you said, I think the whole concept of those pieces is to be in Spider-Man's world as not Spider-Man, but that's one of the few yeah. major moments where not only are you in Spider-Man's world as not Spider-Man, but you're seeing what Spider-Man can do and you're almost observing someone else playing the game for you. It's just like, no, look over there. Like, it is one yeah. of those things that almost feels like a co-op experience where you're like, oh, no, yeah. somebody, else, somebody else is Spider-Man right now. I'm just telling them to go look over there. Um, and it's just really cool the way that whole thing's set up. Yeah, I love that thing, yeah. That that does lead into some of the characters here. So this game has a ton of characters, and I think we already hit the villains pretty hard with Martin yeah. Lee and Doc Ock. Um, Spider-Man in particular, I know you're not a fan yeah. of Spider-Man as a whole and the mythos and everything, but how did you feel about Spider-Man and this? I mean, everybody knows Spider-Man. Everybody's seen the Sam Raimi movies. Everybody, you know, Homecoming, mm-hmm. all this stuff. We all know who Spider-Man is. How did you feel about this Spider-Man? My favorite, my favorite aspects of this game, I think the ones that I... Honestly, my favorite character moments were always phone calls um, because I <laughs> no, it was honestly because he's always late. He's always blowing people off. He's always doing that. And like that sort of character where he's just not fulfilling anything <laughs> like he's yeah. not fulfilling. He's not having any fulfilling relationships for being Spider-Man is all on those phone calls. And I just feel like those were honestly like the most like the strongest um, as the ones I connected most to the character, because as soon as it went to a cutscene, to me, I, it felt like two actors who are very good doing acting but in those ones <laughs> in those ones they felt they felt more ad-libbed more off the cuff which is kind of how i see spider-man yeah um a, a guy who is just like always short on time and i think that was my favorite parts was always were always those parts where he's short on time when he like finally steps up and do superhero stuff to me he just turns into another superhero even if he makes hard decisions and stuff i get that Mm-hmm. But just the, the the core aspect of him just being late is such a weird thing to me that I just like it's unique to me. I see in Spider Man, so I really like that aspect um, of him. Um, I think when he's making the hard decisions and stuff, I think other superheroes do that, so it wasn't as impactful. I don't know yeah. how, do you, how do you feel about it because I don't. I don't get. I don't know Spider Man too. And and I think you I think you bring up a great point there is that what's unique to Spider Man, and I think a lot of people just instantly go with what's cool about Spider Man is he makes these little quips and he says little funny jokes all the time, and yeah. that's. That, that's a part of Kim, but I think the bigger character trait to me is with Spider-Man is he's the superhero who isn't great at handling being a superhero. You yeah. never once will see Bruce Wayne going like, oh man, I didn't know what to do. Like, oh, I was late to, you know what I mean? You, you get yeah. those, but it's never like, oh God, I can't believe I forgot to tell Alfred that da 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 and I was so busy <laughs> fighting the Joker and yeah. you don't see Tony Stark overwhelmed. Spider-Man to me, like the quips are fun and it, it gives him more personality and it, it, it highlights yeah. kind of the immature aspect of it but Spider-Man to me is this overworked, completely lost, like just all over the place character and I think this game yeah. nails it and those phone calls, like you said, highlight it and it just goes, you know what? Even eight years into this, even with all this background, he still can't manage to yeah. have a like have a meaningful relationship with Mary Jane in the way that he wants to. He can't do everything that he wants to to help support his aunt. He can't hold down a steady job. He's yeah. still missing these individual things across New York as Spider-Man. And he's just always this overstressed all over the place person. And I think that this game just nails it perfectly. And I think that's one of those things that um, homecoming I'm more, I'm much more familiar with movie and movie Spider-Man than comics Spider-Man. 
that homecoming nails from a high school perspective and this nails it as an adult like i can't pay rent because i can't hold down a job because i'm spider-man but i'm not spider-man enough so this shit's still happening and i really want to spend more time with mj but somebody's gonna die if i don't and (laughs) and it nails it so well in my mind i love the way spider-man's portrayed in this and I, I think that I think that the, the point that kind of that brings it all home is that everybody they play with the fact that everybody knows Doc Ock is going to be Doc Ock, um, but he hangs up on him a lot. That's the boiling pot he doesn't address. And it's mm-hmm. like that is the one thing that he let fall through that end up getting a lot of people killed. Yeah. Um, and I, I just it, yeah. I, yeah. And I, I think I like this game maybe more than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely yeah. love it. Um, I do think like Miles, I love having him in here and it's a cool, it's a cool way to introduce him, especially, um, we can talk about kind of the end tag if we want to later on, but, um, I just, I don't feel like his character serves much of a purpose here outside. They didn't know what to do do with him. Yeah. Outside of going, it would be cool in Spider-Man 2 if we had Miles and Peter. I feel like that was his purpose in this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like the connection to his dad and I like that, you know, there's this connection kind of between Spider-Man, his dad and miles, but I just, I feel like it's one of those things that you make the connection to his dad. You see miles at that terrorist scene. Yeah. You help miles. We move on from miles. And I feel like that's where yeah. miles should have stuck in this game. Yeah. And I think he hit, I, to me, miles had like one cool scene, which is the rhino fight, but it did, yeah. it did the entire existence of miles seemed like set up for spider-man 2 which is fine but it's just like he didn't he didn't have like a purpose in the storyline um even as like i think the idea was like well he's not spider-man's underling but he is peter parker's underling but he didn't really they didn't really they actually didn't talk a lot like throughout most of the game yeah They, they actually them together do not have a lot of scenes um I, I think that there's some like neat stuff with Miles, but I, I think he's I don't think he's a bad character. I think he's just underused. Like yes, that's just what I agree. he was. He was underused the entire time. Um and mostly set up for um Spider Man too. I liked MJ. I like that they were broken up. I like that they actually had like it makes sense that they were broken up. It makes sense that they were still talking. It made sense that they still loved each other a lot, but it made sense that the relationship doesn't work. Like I thought that was that was really cool. Yeah, and I think and I think they handled it all well, and I think they handled it in a realistic fashion. I think a lot of times you get that like, oh, you're Spider Man, and I can't protect you, and da-da-da, and you dwell on that point. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is more just no, like you're you're Spider Man first, and I know that, and that's why it doesn't work. You're you're never gonna be here all the time, and I know that. And mm-hmm. I think the way that they kind of slowly build into like, will they won't they relationship stuff, which is a weird thing for a video game to do that you don't see very often because yeah. it's like. Oh, but he's Peter's trying to get another date with her, but she shoots him down again. But she sounds like she's interested in doing it. But you're Spider-Man now, so I think that yeah. back and forth played really well, um, in kind of addressing their connection between each other. Uh, and I did, I did like playing as her. I thought it was kind of cool yeah. to see somebody um, handle those situations that had that connection to Spider-Man and served a greater purpose in kind of exposing some of these. Um, background things that you kind of slowly need to learn as you go through this game. Yeah. And I think playing as her helped that have more weight to it than just going, getting a phone call going like, Hey, guess what I found out? And it's like, no, I, I went in, I saw what she did. It was hot. It was hard for her to do that. And now I know this because of her. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I felt, I felt like all of her scenes were actually had like, in fact, actually pretty big impacts on the plot. Um, her sneaking into Fisk, Fisk art gallery was really interesting. Yeah. I think all of her scenes were like were very well set up and like actually interesting plot points every time. Breaking into Osborne's apartment was incredible. Oh, um, that was really cool. Yeah, 
because first of all, it's just a cool, it's a cool design apartment. Like whoever designed <laughs> the apartment, very cool apartment. Like it's a very neat um, thing to explore. Um, I think the one scene that absolutely like, I think nailed the relationship was there's a scene where they're texting back and forth and it's like brutally realistic. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> where he, he's like, so you want to get back together? It's like mis misinterpreting texts and yeah. stuff. And it's like, that's so good. Um, like, I, I think there's a few standout scenes and that's like one of the standout scenes I thought was like them texting back and forth. And I was like, that is such a good way to describe the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Aunt May was just kind of Aunt May. Yeah, um, I feel like, <laughs> I, I do feel like there were, there were a lot of characters that were just the characters. And I feel like that's kind yeah. of with all of the raft villains that escaped that were just yeah. kind of like oh, one yeah. note, like, oh yeah, this is this guy. He's there too. Um, the only other character I think that's really worth taking a second to discuss is J. Jonah Jameson. And the way that he's used to not only describe the city, but describe Spider-Man and just kind of to genuinely add stress to Spider-Man's life, it (laughs) seemed like, um, in a really unique way that is, I think, updated for what, what, where we are now in time versus just going, oh yeah, he runs the newspaper and that bothers Spider-Man because that wouldn't bother Spider-Man in 2018. I, I think the thing I real the thing I like the most about the J, the John, the JJ podcast was sometimes actually a lot of times he makes really good points. <laughs> oh yeah, about like it's it's definitely presented in the way of people who don't make generally good points. Um, <laughs> but he actually, but he he really does point out like major flaws of Spider Man's character um, that like he can't address things. There's um, he it, there was there's a really interesting scene where. Um, they make some sort of connection to, oh, the devil's breath getting stolen. It's like, well, if Spider-Man knew that like these guys had the devil breath, like why did he tell the police? It's like, that's a good point. Like <laughs> he should have, he, did, he didn't reach yeah. out. Like he was doing a lot of stuff in the shadows and stuff. Um, so I really, I, every one of those podcasts, like I definitely listened to, I was like, I'm actually actively listening to these things. I mean, because I'm swinging around, there's not much else to do, but like they were all really well written. And I think every single, like almost every single one he brought up, um, was like that is actually absolutely one hundred is he's totally right about the issues with Spider Man as a as a superhero he's not a very good one sometimes most of the time he's not <laughs> yeah. very good he causes I mean I, you could argue that like the entire Doc Ock thing and the whole reason people got broken out of the rift and the holding the Devil's Breath was not his fault but he could have addressed earlier if he just managed his time well <laughs> yeah and um, yeah and all those good points I think do lend to, again, making you more invested in this world because you're like, oh, yeah. man, I can't... Uh, uh. And especially with side quests and all the other stuff that's on there, it does kind of give you this feeling of like, oh, but I want to go take a picture of the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> but I really... But J. Jonah Jameson's going to give me shit if I do. So I need yeah. to go help these people. And it does add a little bit to it. And again, um, I found myself just... If I was in the middle of one and I got to something I wanted to do, just stopping and waiting for a second for him to finish because I wanted to hear what he was saying. I wanted to hear what these were. And they just really did add a lot to the story. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I mean, I, I really hope they bring him back. I hope he's an actual character. Like, I need to have them actually talking in the same room, like, more than anything. <laughs> I think that would be great. And I think I think yeah. Spider-Man 2, it's going to be... A, it's, it's, it's a, it'll be a fault if they don't. And yeah. I think kind of going along with that a little bit is the way the phone calls play into the story. And I think just those and the J. Jonah Jameson podcast thing move the story around in such a unique way for a superhero that's constantly on the go. You never have that moment of like, I need to go home, sit down and get some plot details thrown at me. It's no, no, I'm swinging through here and the police are calling me. Oh, I'm swinging through here and MJ's updating me. Oh, I'm swinging through here and Oh, I forgot that I was supposed to go see Aunt May. And I think that it's just a really cool way to not only advance the plot and add lore to it, but it just, it's very Spider-Man unique. And he's one of the characters that I think it, again, like we talked about before adds to his character more than just, 
oh yeah, there's weird phone calls that you can take and they say stuff to you. Yeah, it felt like stuff was always happening. It wasn't like it wasn't even my there. It felt like there was always a million things going on, but there really wasn't. I mean, it's just like they're getting phone calls, but it just felt like that. Like there's different plots are moving forwards at different speeds. Um, and you're only catching you're you're always behind. You're always receiving the news. You're never actually ahead of the news. Yeah, what's going on, which, again, I think is a very Spider-Man position to take where he's always just kind of re- he's reactive to everything. Spider-Man is not a proactive superhero. He's not like, oh, what's. What, what is Good he going to do next? It's, oh, damn it, he did that? Oh, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess kind of to slowly start wrapping this up, um, one of the things that sets this apart for me is the extra stuff in this game. Um, mm-hmm. And what I mean by that are the backpacks, the landmarks, those yeah. kind of extra little things that actually make me want to just explore this world. And I think yeah. I mentioned in our review, this is one of the only games where I can sit here and go, I did the side stuff before the main story. That was mm-hmm. what sold me on this game. And the specific moment that stands out, it was in the, then maybe the first hour, hour and a half of me playing this is, and I don't remember exactly what the New York one was, but I went and took like a picture of the Empire State Building or something. And then I went two blocks down or so, and there is Doctor Strange's um, Sanctum. Yeah. And you just look at it and you're like, holy crap like this is the marvel world like yeah i am here i can i'm i'm in new york and and it does feel like a very realistic new york but as you're going through and you're hitting these landmarks just stuff like that just like that was the moment i went whoa like mm-hmm. i love this game <laughs> <laughs> because you just it just hits you it's like no this is real new york and this is marvel new york and they modeled both perfectly and then again just the landmarks i purposely didn't look at what any of them were because i wanted to get there and have that feeling and then again like coming to the wakanda embassy and just being like whoa not only is this an embassy like you could put whatever embassy on there but this is the wakanda embassy and going to the top of avengers tower and all those things were just incredibly done and it was just amazing the way those were done in this and then um the backpacks as well just being able to explore the background of spider-man's life I sat there and listened to every one of those stupid little stories about Aunt May's crockpot recipe for lasagna or whatever. I want to try one of those. Those are legit recipes. They're clearly real recipes. <laughs> I actually, I don't remember who was doing like a spoiler cast, but an interview or something. But somebody said like a couple of those were like legit recipes, like somebody on the dev team made or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I believe, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, it's just all that cool little extra stuff to me just takes this game from an amazing game to one of my favorite games. And it's I I'm not gonna get too into it, but that stuff was completely lost on me because I'm not a Marvel. F- I real I know <laughs> this, game me, this game made me realize I'm a DC fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing that that and I, I I'm not gonna be, I don't want to get too too into it because I can absolutely I can totally understand like if you're into Marvel and stuff. The thing I, I think I realized I don't like about Marvel. Um, I think this was this was more like I don't like Spider Man and Marvel. Not that I don't like, but I don't I like DC more. Is that um, they're they're superheroes that are transplanted into our world. So it's like mm-hmm. it's the Empire State Building next to the like you're saying the Doctor Strange places, which is a, it's a neat juxtaposition. To me, I had that exact same experience, but I had that with the Arkham games. And the thing with me with the Arkham games is that entire world is serve is to serve Batman. The yeah. Gotham City is designed for Batman. It's he's not transplanted in that. It's like that entire that entire town, all those villains are designed for Batman. Well, to me, the Spider-Man stuff, so it wasn't as, like, impactful was because it's like, well, it's New York, but it's not New York. So, to me, that wasn't as interesting, I think, just, like, personally. 
Um, no, that's, can, that I, makes sense. So like a lot of that stuff was lost to me because like the extra stuff to me was like, because I didn't have that love, that love for Spider-Man. I was like, oh, okay, it's Shockers, whatever. But I know in when I was playing Arkham City, it's like, oh my God, they have a billboard referencing this one character, this <laughs> one episode. I was like losing my mind. Um, but I can see yeah. this game being that Arkham game for a lot of people. So that's why, I, that's why I'm not going to like, rain on your parade I, I, can totally, <laughs> I can totally understand why why you like that stuff no and it's um, and it's and it's the fan service stuff that is for yeah. the fans if you're not if you don't have a lot of the background knowledge of some of the stuff and yeah. there were some on me that were like completely lost where i was like huh reference to what and yeah, oh yeah and yeah, i was yeah. like okay whatever like that was still interesting but i don't i don't i don't get it but okay yeah um but again, those ones that do hit just hit so hard. And you're like, oh, that is so cool. And it's like, oh, yeah, like the first time I saw, saw Shocker, I had to create this da, 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 to resist. Da, da, da. And you're like, there's so much background there. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you love these, if you love that universe, like oh, that's yeah. just, it's absolutely yeah. that. Yeah. So I guess to wrap this up, this is a game we talked about it with Miles a couple times. We talked about it with um, originally our feelings towards Doc Ock. This is a game that constantly feels like it's teasing the next thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Osborne came up a couple times. They teased the hell out of the Osborns being bad guys in the next game. They yeah. teased the hell out of Miles having a having a bigger part, especially with that end tag of him jumping to the ceiling. Yeah. There's so much looking forward to this. How did you feel about that? Do you feel like it was integrated well or do you feel like it was just we get I, it? <laughs> I I really I will say like I absolutely love the because we didn't talk about it all with the teasers of of uh, senior Osborne becoming the Green Goblin. Yes, was like all over the place. Like you found like a mask that is weird stuff. You found and it, he liked he liked uh, demons and stuff. He had like some demon art and stuff. It's like okay, all this cool stuff is leading to him being the Green Goblin. I like that he wasn't at that point because I'm really curious how they're gonna turn him from a mayor to the Green Goblin. Um, the one thing throughout the entire game is like where's Venom. And because oh, Venom yeah. is a friend of like Eddie Brock is kind of I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he's a friend of Spider-Man or they have some sort of of Peter Parker. I mean, like that. Yeah, they have some sort of there's 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 a connection. I don't remember off the top of my head, like depending yeah. on which media, how they're related exactly. But yeah, they, they always have some kind of connection. But I think they set up Harry Osborn very good as being a very good friend of Peter Parker. Yes. A very likable guy. Yes. And with the, the research stations. Huh? The research stations in particular. Yeah, but yeah, but even that, but even like the letters and stuff, like the letter yep. to him to Peter is like, oh, they are actually really good friends. He's actually a good guy. He actually doesn't want to be his father. Oh fuck, he's Venom. <laughs> uh, um, was such a good gut punch. Um, and I, I really did like that tease. I thought that tease was like just awesome. Like I, 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 I love that scene. I, um, to me, that to me that was a little too like I liked it too much. I think though because I liked it a lot more than other parts of the game. <laughs> it was like just the teaser was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love that. I, I don't know. I know how you felt about that. I have I have I have a very specific issue with the Miles scene. So I don't know if you have any, go for it, Venom yeah, no. first before I get to the Miles one. You you covered Venom pretty well. Go for, go for Miles. I'm curious because you 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 referenced this before we started. And I'm curious still. <laughs> so, Miles. The, the scene is very is very funny. It's very well set up. He's like, I, there's changes coming to me. It's like they do a joke about puberty and stuff. He jumps on the, and he's like, jumps on the ceiling. He's like, oh no, he's going to be the next Spider-Man, which is cool. I was like, that's awesome. And then Peter Parker is like, well, I've got a secret too. And he jumps on the ceiling and does his Spider-Man thing. And Miles doesn't say, oh, fuck, you're Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to remember how that ends. Is that, doesn't that just end like lingering on Miles's face, if I remember correctly, for a second? Yeah, they're both upside down, like smiling at each other. Miles isn't like in deep shock that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. 
Yeah, I guess that's fair. That's a pretty and good that, point. <laughs> and as and it was because because they had some really good scenes of Miles previously not knowing that Spider Man was Peter Parker, like the the thing where he's talking with MJ about like, oh, is he your boyfriend or like how? Does oh yeah, this yeah, sort of thing. Um, so I just felt like that one scene was because the the Venom scene was such a good tease. Although I think Venom is an easier tease because it's not really a character moment. Yeah, um, it's just a look that, at the goo. <laughs> Yeah, that character moment should have Miles falling off the ceiling going, oh, shit, you're Spider-Man. Yeah, you know I, I mean, now that you're saying that, I do feel like there was some reaction there that should have been that should have been placed instead of having you just kind of end on a like, ah, we're both Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, and Miles would have been psyched to know he was Spider-Man. And yeah. like, that just wasn't there. And that's like why I was like, they didn't, I feel like they never knew what to do with Miles. And like that scene, like kind of cl- like sent shit for me as like, Oh, that would have been such a cool scene if Miles that, was like, yeah, that would have been your moment to sell Miles as a main protagonist for Spider-Man Two. Yeah, because he would be just as clumsy and as not aware as normal Spider-Man. Whereas, <laughs> you know yeah, mean? whereas like you're um, saying, this does give kind of the impression like he had some hint that this was the case, even though he, the rest of the game is pointing very hard that he doesn't. Yeah, exactly. So I I think the Venom tease is really cool. I think the numerous teasers that Harry Osborn, I think it's all interesting that like all of these characters are coming way late in Spider-Man as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't, and I'm like really curious how they're going to play with that. Cause I imagine Venom might also be hobgoblin-y as well. So I guess we'll see. <laughs> and that's where we'll have to leave it is who, who, who knows what will come next, but the amount this game sold and the reaction to it, there'll be another one. <laughs> there'll be so. at least three. <laughs> yep. Uh, but anyway, we are Workforce Gaming. You can follow us on Twitter at Workforce Gaming. Subscribe to us wherever you're listening, and we will see you later. Bye.